Hello and welcome to the Financial Success Show. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Eady. Joining me in studio once again is my right-hand man, Mr. James Franco. James, how are you I doing? I knew today? that was coming. Why I knew as soon as I was wearing the this sweater, I knew that was coming. Why is your cell phone on the table? <laughs> we are not here for your cell phone. It's off the table. <laughs> I knew that James Franco comment was going to come today. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> as soon as I saw the sweater, I, I know. I, I wasn't going to do it. I just oh, saw it. It was man. there. I had to take it. So as always, I'm your host, Jeff Eady. Welcome to another success, financial success show. Uh, we are live every 3 p.m. Well, 3 p.m. ish every Thursday. Uh, today we have a very special guest joining us, somebody that's uh, one of my closest, longest, oldest, dearest friends, but also works for one of the, um, I would say, hippest companies out there and certainly one of the fastest growing companies, Miss Neri Asnavor. Neri, how are you doing today? I am great. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. And I understand congratulations are in order. Yes, I just got engaged. <laughs> Woo! I liked the post. He, he asked, will you? And you said, it's about time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, congratulations to you and Jocelyn. Couldn't be a nicer couple. That's for darn sure. Um, so, Neri, we got, uh, we got wow, a whole bunch of questions we're going to fire at you today. And, of course, you're... Uh, in a, one of my favorite parts of the world, Montreal, Quebec, uh, South Shore, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? That's right. I'm still a Montreal at heart city girl right here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Neri, do you want to tell us just a little bit about uh, your background, where you were before uh, you started working with WeWork, and then, of course, what your, your role is now? Sure. So, my background, where should I start? Quick, quick. Uh, I've been in sales for a thousand years. That's how long I feel like. <laughs> I think the I you look great for a thousand. <laughs> yeah, I do, right? Um, as, so, as soon as I started to learn to speak, I think I started to sell. But I started working in sales at 16 years old. So business development, sales, a lot of entrepreneurship, owned my own businesses, traveled a lot of places, helped companies expand into different markets. So I've done a lot of different things over the years. Um, but in January 2017, which this month marks my two-year anniversary, uh, I've been working at WeWork. Um, if you've heard of it, if you haven't, you should Google it. It's uh, at this moment today, we're the second most valuable startup on the planet. And uh, I got started at WeWork two years ago as the first salesperson of Canada. Uh, since then, we have grown and opened Montreal. We've opened Toronto. We've opened Vancouver. We have more coming. And now I'm in charge of business development here uh, in Montreal and in Canada. <laughs> in charge. That's I love cool. it. I love it. And in two years, that's what's crazy. Yeah. Uh, that also tells me that it's been two years since I've seen you, Neri. That saddens me. Uh, because you were starting just after New Year's when I was there in 2017. Is it been that long? Oh my gosh, yes. you're due. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> my no doubt. Coming up. <clears throat> yes, I do know that. <laughs> uh, I won't put. It's not out of the question. It's not out of the question. So I know a, a little bit more about your history than most. Um, you were a network marketer for a lot of years. I was. I've lost. Are you that. still? No, I'm not. Um, I think a total of something like six or seven years, I would say, I think, if you added them up because it was some breaks in between, but I think something like that. And you were quite successful in that business too, if I'm not mistaken. I remember taking several trainings from you and uh, um, business associates of yours over the years. Yeah, we had some success. I mean, uh, I started my first time in network marketing. I was three weeks away from becoming 21 years old. So I was very young. I was in university. I understood nothing of what was presented to me. 
Uh, it was a two hour presentation. It was a terrible presentation. And I remember saying to myself, if this guy's making any money, I'm going to be rich. And <laughs> that's a friend of mine. I won't give his name. We're still friends. If I don't give his name, I think we'll still be friends. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, so I got started, uh, worked in that company, made great money while I was in university. So it was a great part-time gig. And then after that, um, when started traveling all over the place, uh, well, first I started a job and I loved my job, but it was so grueling. And then after that, I started my own businesses. Um, and then after that, all of a sudden network marketing came back into my life and I added that into my repertoire of everything I do um, and had more and more success, but I was also much more mature at that point. Um, I was older than 21. I can't remember my age, but it was a few years ago. And, um, and there you go. And then uh, we had some success and I got to get to know you during that time, I remember. And we had a lot of fun together. Yes, yes. That's uh, work hard, play hard. It's always been one of my philosophies, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know anybody that does that better than Neri. Oh, no. uh, and she is also one of the largest networkers in general that I've ever met. Neri knows uh, oh, well, really? everyone. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> so sweet. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> hey, I know a lot of people, and you put me to shame. So I got a question that's just, you know, you and I talk on a, on a somewhat regular basis, and, and – um, I'm very curious how you make the transition from network marketer into corporate lifestyle. It's a good question. I think I'm a little spoiled, so I'll tell you why. The company I work for, which as you know is WeWork, it's my first job, by the way, since 2009. So it gives you an idea of how long it's been since I've been in the job world. So it was wow. a very big decision for me to, to get back into uh, the job world from the entrepreneurial world. But um, the reason I say I'm spoiled is because WeWork tends to hire and look for entrepreneurial minded individuals. So what was a lot of fun for me is that I got started in a company that is a startup, that is exploding, that is ever changing. And in a country where we were so fresh and new, we were only a year old in Canada with only two locations by the start the day I started. Today we have a lot more locations and many more coming. So what was fun was just like an entrepreneur trying to find the problems, fix the problems, being very solution oriented, being very uh, innovative in how we do things, you know. So I feel like I'm an entrepreneur in a company, which is awesome. I, I feel very blessed because of that. Well, I, I, I highly doubt that you would have stayed there if that wasn't the case. That's that's for sure. And I know uh, you spent, what, three months in Miami opening up an office down there this summer? Yes, that was exciting for me. So we had so much success in Montreal. Our buildings got full. Um, and, you know, Montreal is very similar market to, to Miami in the sense that we're the French springboard, if you will, the European springboard of North America. Uh, up here in Quebec. And Miami is like the springboard to Latin America. So it has similarities in that sense. It has differences, of course. And so Miami was having some, uh, you know, some challenges and they were, they had many more locations than we did in Montreal. And they asked me to come down and help out. Um, and I went down there for three months uh, to help out the market. And we have had so much success in Miami. It was such an amazing experience. Our buildings are now full, many more opening. Um, so it's exciting news. Uh, I'm, I love my experience. I guess the only thing I wish it could change from the experience of Miami is they sent me there in the summer, and I wish they sent me there in the winter. Uh, <laughs> it's so cold right now that I wish I was down there again. 
You guys don't get winter yeah. in Montreal, do you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm living in a freezer. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the one thing I wanted to ask about that is, is we were being so new. Um, were there a lot of like kinks you had to iron out and figure that stuff out along the way? Is that why it was so entrepreneurial or, or did they really have the model rolled out and you just had to, to, to follow the system? If anyone's been in a startup, there is no such thing as a model rolled out. <laughs> you can argue that, well, we're a, an older startup because technically the company was born in 2010. So we're about nine years old, uh, eight, nine years old. So, but we're growing so fast that, um, we're still a startup. I mean, in that sense, we're, we're innovative. We're opening new branches. We just recently announced that we're changing the name of the company, the, 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 the umbrella of the company from WeWork to the We Company, which is going to have the different categories underneath. So uh, in that sense, I wouldn't... Is that insider information right there? No, it was announced. It wasn't <laughs> no, it's, I looked it up today. Okay. It's on my yeah. LinkedIn, so it's okay. <laughs> That's actually where I saw it. That's <laughs> actually a week ago, so you're one of the first ones to hear about it. Um, but yeah, in that sense, it is being innovative. It's very important. Being solution-oriented, always finding ways to fix problems or finding ways to better our, 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 our way of functioning every single day. But I, I can't take all that credit. We have incredible teams, incredible employees. I mean, these guys are, WeWork is amazing at finding talent. That's for sure. So um, all of us bounce ideas from each other. It's all about just communication and making sure that we're giving the best, best, best solutions for all of our members that we love so much. Nice. 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 Can you explain a little bit about uh, what WeWork is? I mean, I've heard about it, but like what exactly is WeWork? What do you guys do? Oh my God, what do we not do? Really? Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> WeWork itself started as a uh, co-working space back in 2010. Think of like an incubator where you had a lot of startups that were coming in and they couldn't afford to go in into these traditional leases that were, you know, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, um, because there's a lot of risks with that. So they would come into a space like this where they could be in an affordable setting um, in a shorter term, like month to month versus taking on a long term. And at the same time around other entrepreneurs like themselves to help collaborate and grow their companies and grow their businesses and grow their network. Since then we have evolved into, I don't, I, I don't even know if we are, could be called a co-working company at this point. I find we are so much more than that. Um, we today have spaces that are always collaborative and we have private offices as well. And we are catering today to everything from startups to mid-sized companies to enormous enterprise level companies like Fortune 500s, many of which are already with us globally. Um, so we cater to all these different companies. And what, what's really cool is that it's not just office space. We create culture, we create a community of entrepreneurs. So you get to not only have a space, let's say you're in Montreal or you're in Toronto or you're in New York or you're in Paris or you're in Shanghai. I don't know, you go to our website, we have so many spaces. I think today we have over 500 locations globally and counting. Um, what's cool is that you have a local community of your building, you have the city community of the WeWork members, but you also have access to the global community. So what's cool is if you have an office in Toronto and you're gonna be in LA next week. You could choose to work out of a Starbucks, but if you're a member of WeWork, you can go and get a, a workspace for the day in a WeWork. You know, that's nice. That is nice. Exactly. So we have a lot of networking events for you to meet people. We have a workspace for you, coffee and tea, kombucha and beer, name it. Yeah, free beer. Yeah, I'm in beer. 
So there's a lot of things that we do. And that's just our WeWork piece. There's so many other elements coming that are being announced left and right. Um, we have an educational piece as well. We just recently launched called We Grow, uh, which is um, super cool. If you will go and Google it, um, it's sort of, I would say, like Montessori kind of school system where it's more based <laughs> on the creativity uh, and the superpowers of the children versus sort of the traditional educational system, um, which I, I totally love. And it's gaining a lot of momentum. We, also, we have also the residential aspect called We Live. We have many other products that are coming. So we're growing very, very fast. Um, just I'm dying to see what WeWork is gonna be in 12 months for, from now. Forget even two to five years from now, it's crazy. <laughs> so it doesn't look like you're excited about it at all. Yeah, no. Oh my God, I honestly, when I came, when I first found out about WeWork, I didn't understand what it was, okay? And I find that many of us get this like, thoughts in our heads that we understand co-working because there are so much traditional things out there that you just base to what you know. You, you always refer to what you've known in the past or what you've seen in the past. And then uh, when I visited one of the locations, I literally looked and said, where has this been all my life? I mean, I've opened companies and businesses in different cities around the world. If I had known a WeWork existed, I would never go traditional. I mean, that's me, right? Um, and the value that I see our clients, our, we call them members, that the, the value they gain out of it is so incredible that it's not just because of the, I find the flexibility of the space and the cool vibes and all that, but what makes me really proud, you know, is that everybody has a job or everybody has to work, right? Entrepreneur, job, whatever it is, we've got to make money to live. And that's the way the world goes around. And I've always lived in a world of entrepreneurship where I was able to create my schedule and create the lifestyle and work where I wanted to work and be happy every single day. And then I'd listen to my friends that were miserable at their offices and their environments and complaining about their boss or their colleagues or their company or whatever. And it would make me want to never have a job, which I understand why you asked me that question earlier because you've heard me say that a million times. Like, I can't have this <laughs> job. But then I came and found out we work and it makes me proud to be in an environment where I'm kind of bringing, I almost feel like saying the Facebook or the Google vibe, that cool tech vibe where you're so excited to go to work and it's so much fun and you just feel like you're part of something so great and to bring that to everyone else. And that's what makes me excited and passionate because I just see people coming into the office so excited and they're not my employees, you know? And they're just working for another company and they're just loving it and so that's why I love this company. I love what I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. It's really Quite nice and, and, and refreshing to hear. Yeah. I've uh, I've been to a couple of the spaces. I uh, I spent some time uh, with friends of mine. Have a space in uh, the uh, what is it, Bloor and Young location. Yeah, I was here. at a space not too long uh, long ago called Space Bar. Kind of the same idea. There's a bunch of different offices. We're, we're, we're talking about WeWork. Yeah, no, but I was just saying, no, no, like, no, I've no, been no. through something. That's We're okay, about there's many others out there. <laughs> see, she's on my side. Do you see what I have to put up with every single day, day in and day out? You know what? I don't know. I can't take this job anymore. You said people complain about their boss. Well, this is me complaining about my boss. <laughs> I'm not going to get involved in this. Oh. <laughs> um, but before I was so rudely interrupted, I do remember. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I actually, I, I've been to the uh, the Adelaide location or, or Richmond location. I can't remember which street it's on here in Toronto. And then the uh, the, the Bloor and uh, um, Young locations. They are very cool. Uh, and you can definitely see that there there is a vibe and, and they encourage the um, 
not just to go sit in your cubicle or, or your rented space, but to actually sit in the collaborative space, yeah. which I found there was, there's a whole culture around that, which is cool and free beer. And yeah. Hey, free beer. And <laughs> go to WeWorks look alike. They're similar vibes, but they're so special and unique that they're worth visiting. I've, I've become, I've come to the point where I'm, I'm literally going to any city business related or not. And I just want to find the WeWorks or WeWork locations nearby that I can just, just check it out. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So let's talk more about you and sales. Okay. How did you learn to sell? Yeah. How did I learn to sell? I learned to speak. Um, you know what? It was, it was, learned to walk. Uh, yeah. And then eventually I learned how to eat. <laughs> well, you know what? I've had a few, it's, I guess, advice that were given to me in my life that kind of triggered uh, certain thoughts or certain angles or certain perspectives of things. Like, what, you know, my first official sales job, I was 16 years old. And I was working in a company. My father was uh, the CEO of that company at the time. So I got the job at that time for that, but I became the, <laughs> but I did become the top salesperson on my own. So that's my credit. Um, however, I remember my boss at the time, he was the manager in sales. And he said to me, let me give you a word of advice. He said, remember that every single time you open your mouth, you're selling. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, whenever you're saying something, like for example, he goes, when you're a kid, and you really wanted that red bike. And I mean, he's giving me an example. I didn't really want a red bike, but he said like, you really wanted that red bike, let's say. What did you do to your parents? You did everything to convince them and give the arguments that you had great grades in school, that you're a good kid, that you really deserve this. And you gave all those arguments to get that bike. What you were doing is you were selling why you should have that bike. And he said, every time you open your mouth, you're actually selling. So whether you like selling or you don't, you're doing it all the time. So just you know, understand that what you're saying is for the person in front of you, not for yourself. So remember to sell according to what will help that person cave and not what you need uh, in order to win, right? And have them um, you know, agree to that. So that, that, that was one of the, uh, I think that was a bug that was planted in my mind. That was the first one that said, Really? And guess what? That was not too far away from the years of clubbing in Quebec. You know, that's 18 years old. And trust me, I use those tactics to start out <laughs> real early <laughs> in my life. I was a good student, so what can you say? You didn't pay for a single drink at the bar, did you? Well, that's next. That's, you know, that's for another conversation. But yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, heck, she, she knew everybody. She, like I said, she's yeah. the ultimate networker. Um, she, she probably never had to pay for cover or any shows that we, she's, she knows everybody. Oh, you have to pay for those things? I'm just joking. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> so in your sales career, um, have you found it um, um, challenging to be a woman in sales? Because that seems to be a, a, a theme that you know, there's a lot of women's empowerment groups and everything like that. And I've never known you to be um, weak in any way or, or uh, shy by any means. So I'm just wondering if that was something that you've had to overcome or if it's something that um, you just don't really think about? You know, it's a really good question. Um, it's something that I never want to focus on or make an excuse about. But when you say when you say that it's challenging, it is. It's challenging in a few ways. I find, well, in my, in my experience, in all the sales environments I've been in, majority have been men. I've always been one of those few women in the groups. Like, 
I remember when I first graduated from high uh, university and I was working in uh, my first job out of university and uh, it was a sports world, right? We were selling hospitality packages for the biggest sporting events around the world and our clients- I, I don't know that company, do I? Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I worked there a couple years later. For like <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't remember, but I do remember um, I, I had I'd worked there um, for two years and I remember when I started I was the one I was the only female in Canada I was I think one of the only couple in North America um, in that world and and it wasn't because it was only sales I wouldn't say it was because it was sales but I would say that it's because it was a sports industry which is very male dominant industry and also you're catering to executives and there's a tendency that these CEOs and presidents and to be men. So, you know, men talking to men, it kind of puts them at an equal level, but you could use it as an excuse. I used to use it as leverage because I thought, I figured, you know what? They never expect a woman to be on this call and know anything about sports. So let me challenge this and let me overcome it <laughs> nice. and let me surprise everyone. And guess what? I became top sales in that company very quickly because I feel that it gave me an edge. So um, I feel there are challenges because there is, belief systems that people have or things you're just used to seeing but at the end of the day they care about the person in front of them and if they could trust them and if you sort of uh if you could communicate that um that you're really you know here to help them people will listen to you it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman yeah fair enough yeah, sure. absolutely fair enough with all your years in sales what would you say the best thing is about being in sales oh my gosh because okay my best let's see i love <laughs> chaos so sales is very chaotic. <laughs> I would say my two days are never the same. Um, so I love the experience of sales, but I think my favorite part of sales is just bringing happiness to the person in front of me because, you know, I find that there's different types of salespeople. There are the type of people that are just pushing product or service down your throat and they're just doing it because they want to make a commission. Look, I understand you want to get paid, but that to me would be the worst experience for me. I would be miserable if I was doing that. But when I love what I do, when I am passionate about my product or service, and I realize that I'm helping the person and I'm making an impact in their life, I'm making an impact in the world with what I'm doing, then I feel satisfied. There's a sense of satisfaction that you receive, you feel at the end of the day, a sense of pride that you feel at the end of the day that you've made someone else's life better because of what you have. And um, and so that's, I think, my favorite part of sales. And to be able to be that person to offer that and help them with that solution, amazing when everyone's happy at the end. <laughs> that's awesome. That's fantastic. Got any more uh, questions that are lined, lined up there, Kirk? Well, yeah, I do actually, uh, because you're in sales, um, you've probably heard the word no a lot. How comfortable are you with the word no? And what does the word no mean to you? The word no is one of my favorite words ever. Um, anything that's a question or a no, it's, it's nothing bad. Look, like I said, I'm not here to, to force something down someone's throat. So my question, when someone says no to me, it means two things. Either it means they're not interested, which is a great thing because you know why? I'm not going to push something down your throat and we're not going to waste each other's time. So that's okay. But sometimes people say no because they don't understand. And so the first things I do is question and ask why they feel this isn't a right fit for them, whatever it is that we're discussing, right? Why do they not feel this is something they want or need? And then from there, I'll understand if it's really something they don't need or want, 
or if it's because they maybe misunderstood something. So never be afraid of the word no. Um, it's not a bad thing. And no one's ever saying no to you, right? They're saying no to the product or the service. It's nothing personal. So don't 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 get scared of that. Don't get intimidated by that. But just question it. Just ask questions. And then you'll know the right thing to say, you know, the right path to take from there. But just my advice is don't push something down someone's throat when they really don't want it or need it. Learn when to shut up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, really need to know. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I know that you and Justin, your now fiance, worked together for a lot of years in business. How did you find working with your significant other uh, for all that time? Well, there. In my case, I met him working with him. So in the same industry, right? So the thing is, is that I find I don't know. I can't give advice on working together if you didn't meet each other in that industry or in that field. But in my case, I was lucky, um, as Jeff knows, because I met you in the same company. Um, <laughs> Jocelyn was the number one guy of Canada, and then I came along, and in three months, I became number one, and he became number two. And he was. <laughs> Do you see her smile? Yeah. Just get bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger. No, not competitive <laughs> yeah, in any no. way. Eh? Yeah. So I mean, it took him a while to become number one. So then, what was funny was, uh, it, be it you know, it became a fun competition. It was, you know, either he'd be number one and I'd be number two in production month after month, or I'd be number one and he'd be number two, and it became this like funny little battle. And eventually, we were like, hey. We're so similar. <laughs> and one thing led to another, and here we are today. <laughs> <laughs> eight years, officially, that we're together. Wow. Yeah. So we've been through all the good oh. and the bad, the, the pretty and the ugly, like all of it. Yeah. In business, what, I mean, uh... not just in a personal life, in business. Because, <laughs> you know, in business, it's more. In, in a personal life, you have things you might not get along with or, you know, things you, you might not see eye to eye. But in business, it's also, if you're together in, in the business, it's affecting your financial situations as well. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, I'm not sure, but I, I mean, the number one reason in divorce anyway is tends to be financial. I think second is infidelity or something like that. So financial is a very important part in a relationship. Um, so seeing eye to eye from a business standpoint and from a personal standpoint, I think we're pretty blessed. So it's a good thing. We're both, we both got very thick skin. That much is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's, amazing. That's amazing. Um, I was doing some LinkedIn lurking. Okay. You. <laughs> LinkedIn lurking. Nice. LinkedIn lurking. Nice. I saw that Good you went to FSU, so you're a Seminole, eh? Yes, I got um, my leadership, sales leadership certificate from there. So I graduated from Concordia, but I did take a, a course at FSU for that, and that's how I got that diploma. Oh, okay. Well, I wanted to know, have you done any other personal education or development outside <laughs> of... <laughs> Sorry. What? I, no. Yeah, What? Go ahead. Jeff's, I don't know. Jeff's I, just I just, I just know how much she's done. So. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. A lot. A lot? <laughs> a lot of seminars, a lot of events. Um, but one of the things I'll give as advice for anyone that does go to events uh, and seminars is I've seen a lot of people, I call them groupies, where they just want to go to these kind of motivational events or, uh, or educational events, and they become addicted to the feeling they get from these events and mm -hmm. uh you know you get a lot of information but if you don't apply what you're learning it just becomes like you know this i don't know this kind of a drug if you will to just get you motivated for for a day or two and then after that you leave and you don't apply anything it's pointless in your life so you know you could do that for a lot cheaper 
than going to seminars and going to, to events and reading books and taking courses. I believe that, you know, I, I should be wearing my t-shirt. It's one of our WeWork t-shirts called Student for Life. Uh, it's definitely <laughs> who I am. I never lo stop learning. I'm learning every single day and I plan to continue that for the rest of my life. That's awesome. Nice. And, uh, no, I, you know, Nary's been, uh, at times mentor to me as well. Um, when we were in network marketing together, she certainly shared what a company were you guys in together? Uh, we don't feel like talking well, about it. Well, it's yeah, it's not. Yeah. Oh, okay. So now I feel like the outsider, like well, there's actually, an inside joke. No, what's here. funny is, is, um, uh, we were working in a network marketing company together, a few of them, uh, two or three of them, I believe. But at one point I had gotten a corporate job and, and she was asking me, so where where is it that you're working? I'm like, oh, well, we sell these high-end packages. Like, oh, my gosh, are you Marcus Evans? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get that? the pitch. I used to work there. <laughs> I didn't even get the pitch out. And she's like, I used to work there. Oh, is so-and-so still at the office? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, look at that. <laughs> so she knows everybody. And that's Toronto, not Montreal. So That's kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Go ahead and ask a question. Oh, man. What other questions do I want to ask? Hmm. Um, I also saw on your LinkedIn that you were a personal development coach as well before you got back into the corporate life. Is that correct? Yeah. I, I always love motivating and helping people rise above where they are today or to their towards their potential. Uh, I think everyone has a lot of potential, just how much we believe in ourselves and, and how much we're ready to apply ourselves to get to where we want to go. Um, but yes. Personal development is something that I uh, I was learning and I was also sharing, uh, and a few times on stage, um, also within our, our teams and groups as well. Uh, how important do you think it is for um, an entrepreneur to have a personal development coach in their life? Very. You know why? Because when, let's see how I can say this. At the end of the day, you you know, you get stuck inside of your head. And it's nice to have a mentor. You know, personal development can be seen many different ways. At the end of the day, having mentors around you that have achieved what you want to achieve, they are already where you want to go towards. Um, those surround yourself with those kind of people all the time. And it could mean many things. It could mean, you know, if you want to have a great successful marriage, surround yourself with people that have had long, happy marriages. You know, ask them for advice. Don't ask your divorced friends for advice, right? Um, just like we say, if you want to be rich, don't ask your broke friends of how to make money. Go out there and find the ones that have built the wealth. Ideally, maybe in the industry you're interested in. Go find the best ones and ask them. Many times, successful people, you know, want to share their knowledge and, and they're happy to share their knowledge. And it, never be shy to ask for a mentor and ask for people to help you. The best way to grow. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to ask this question because we are huge proponents of network marketing here at Blackthorn. Uh, we definitely encourage people to get into their own business, and, and it's one of the easiest for people to start. But, Neri, you have one of the most thorough approaches I've ever seen to vetting a network marketing company. Could you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So there's a lot of smoke and mirrors out there. Don't forget, people will sell you all the time. So the question becomes, are they selling you for you or are they selling to gain from you for themselves? So what I always do when I look at a network marketing company is I'll look at the company itself. So a friend will approach me and my friend may or may not be successful. That will not in any way um, you know, change my decision one way or another because their success, it does not reflect the success that I'll have. So that first of all, you should never compare yourself to anyone else, okay? 
The next thing is, is I'll look at the company you're talking to me about. I want to know what they're selling. Is it a product? Is it a service? I want to know how long they've been in business. Um, I want to understand the value of the, the product and service that they have, the quality of the products and services that they have and how they compare to others in the market. Um, I want to understand who the owners are of a company. And when I say who they are, not their name, um, not how much money they made last year. I want to know their history. I want to know their education. I want to know how they got to where they are today and why this is the company they chose to start. I want to know the revenues of the company and the growth. I'd also ask for, um, I'm giving you a list here. So the other thing I also uh, ask is, I want to know who their six figure income earners are. So I'd like to understand, let's put it this way. I like to understand how many promoters they have, how many distributors they have. I want to understand how many of them, of those distributors are in a six figure yearly income that they're making from the company in their pocket, not in sales, in their pocket. How many are at seven figures? Remember that if you hear 3% or 1% or less than 1%, don't be scared of such low numbers. That's actually normal. Because if you look at the world, majority of the people are not millionaires, right? That's very few, very small percent. And billionaires, I, I don't know how many billionaires there are, but I think there's like 1,200 in the world, just to give you an idea out of 7 billion people. So um, don't be afraid of it. Just what I want to know is how many have gotten to that level, how long they've been at that level, um, so that I can understand the size of the company. Um, and then the other thing I want to know is uh, the compensation how they pay and uh i'm giving you high level though i mean this there's an actual method behind each of these steps as well but you want to know these things i think they're very very important and then of course you want to know how many customers the company has and the ratio between customers and promoters so if you find that it's one one meaning for every promoter there's a customer it's a bit of a red flag um for me because that means that maybe the promoters are the customers, which also means that if a promoter quits, the customer quits, which also means that I'm dependent on other people, which also means that's scary. <laughs> so if you're trying to start a <laughs> you want to start a company, when you're starting a network marketing, first of all, when you're starting a network marketing company, why are you starting it? Okay, the why is you want to help your family, you want to be financially you know, more stable, or you want to have more income and all that, okay. But if you want to create that, don't buy the dream, don't buy the smoke and mirrors, understand from the ones at the top, how long they've been there, what it took them to get there. Did they come from another network marketing company and bring everyone over? Did they build it from scratch? Either or are not good or bad. It's just that it's good to understand and be realistic of who you're learning from and who you're referencing yourself to. Because I hope that when you are in that industry and you're looking to go to the top, Let's assume that's your goal. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's making a thousand, two thousand, five thousand a month. But if you're looking to go to the top, you want to then learn how they did it and then ask yourself, in my timing today, is that realistic or is that a passe thing? Is that something that can be done? If it took them five years to get where they are, or 10 years to get where they are, can I build it like that in the next five to 10 years? Or are we in an ever-changing world right now that I might be behind that curve? So there's a lot of elements to look at, but those are the basics. Now, assuming that you choose to join, the first thing I always do is I'll make sure, I mean, in my case, I'm always meeting the owners before I, I, I join a company, but at the very least, I want to, before I sign anything, meet the leader, the top leader of my team, 
um, and know if who they are, get to know them, see if I mesh with them and see if they're gonna help me. Because if I'm gonna go to the top, I wanna learn from the top, right? Yep. So that's my best advice. There's a lot more to that, but I hope that gives you at least an idea of how to navigate these conversations and what to focus on. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Well, it looks like it's coming to that time, Jeff, but before we go, Okay, you can do it with Neri. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got that vibe. I got that vibe that we can do it with her. So, I like to play the game Two Truths and a Lie. And me and Jeff have to figure out which one is the truth. So, let's hear it. Two Truths no, and a Lie which from one's you. the lie? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Truths. Which one's the lie? Sorry. He's not very good at math. No, I'm not. <laughs> I've had four concussions in my life. <laughs> so, you're going to ask me some questions and I have to answer them truthfully or with a lie? No, 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 no. Create. Create. I have to just say things right now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So two truths and a lie. Yeah, we got to figure <laughs> out which one the lie is. All right. So a truth. I'll just pretend. I'm just going to say they're all true, okay? Because that's the goal, right? So. <laughs> right. Um, I have. I don't know what I want to give away. Let's see. I have owned a BMW. I have traveled to Armenia. I have made five figures or more per month in network marketing. The last one's a lie. I know the first two are true. Yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah. <laughs> That's not fair. I knew that. <laughs> Wrong. What? The You've not gone to Armenia? Lie. I've never been to Armenia. Really? Yeah. But you have, like you you go over there all the time. Your mom's got a place in in the south of France. But Armenia is not in south of France. I I know, but like you you're there. You might as well okay, go. Well, but I'm curious. What BMW did you own? <laughs> <laughs> oh, always with the cars. Always with the cars. <laughs> I'm guessing it's a 328i. Yeah, it was a 3. Yeah. That's what it was. Nice. Yeah, it was a nice car. Yep. Yeah, you guys don't have that anymore? Oh, well, disappointed. I would have figured you'd been to Armenia. But you never um, saw me five figures <clears throat> in network marketing in one month. Well, <laughs> I just thought you'd gone to Armenia. Uh, <laughs> and for those who don't know, um, Neri is Armenian by, by descent. And uh, I believe the great niece of the famous Charles Aznavour, who recently passed away. Yes. And that's passed very sad. Away. That's right a couple months ago. Uh, and Kirk, you're looking at me like I have no idea who that is. He is the – if Frank Sinatra was famous in, in the U.S., mm -hmm. Charles Aznavour is the Frank Sinatra of everywhere else. Oh, okay. <laughs> but he's still not Frank Sinatra. Yeah, he's from France, so he uh, was primarily singing in French but then also sang in English. He sang in so many different languages. You could Google him. Cool. He has over a 1,000 songs, hundreds of movies. He is a legend. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Neri, you're a legend. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me. I'd love to leave everyone with a little piece of a quote that I love. Um, Do it. Sure. This is a quote that was given to me years ago. And a little fun fact uh, on Instagram, Richard Branson himself actually did a contest a couple months ago uh, where he told everybody to put in their, you know, write in. Um, their best 
business advice they ever got. And I actually wrote this and he gave away three books to anyone who won. Um, and they were only selecting three people out of tens of thousands. And I was one of the three. So he, nice. what I did write is I said, in life, you never get what you deserve. You always get what you negotiate. So remember that. Nice. 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 She is good. a shark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. That's one of, she's one of my favorite people. Neri, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. I know you're a very busy woman. And um, you are due for a trip down to Toronto, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I was there a couple months ago, but I should be coming back soon. <gasps> Sorry? I was there in September. I didn't see you. I know, because I flew in and out in like 24 hours. Whatever. <laughs> just ignore him. He's in one of those moods today. Yeah, just, just let him be. We're gonna see each other soon. I'll I promise. You. All right, Neri, you're a fantastic human being. I love you. You are one of my favorite people. Thank you so much for joining us today, Miss Neri Aznavour, uh, working for sorry, senior business development manager. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. For WeWork in Montreal and uh, Eastern Seaboard. Montreal. Just Montreal. Okay. I'm helping yeah. out the other markets, but I'm focusing on Montreal. It's enough work as it is. <laughs> Soon to be the CEO, I'm sure. Yeah, right. Oh, I got work up there, but I'd love it. I'll take the job every day. Thanks so much, so thank, Thanks so much. Thank for you. Her. Congratulations no on your engagement. Have a fantastic day. Thank you. Bye, everyone. <laughs> See you later. And uh, that's it for us. Thank you, Kirk, for joining me today. Uh, of course, if people yeah. want to follow us more, you can find us on Instagram, uh, any place that podcasts are up. We're on Spotify. Spotify. I've been... iTunes, Google Play. That's amazing. That's awesome. We're that's everywhere. Awesome. Uh, and of course, uh, you can find us here on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And uh, if you want to see us live, you've got uh, just about 48 hours left until our uh, Financial Success Summit coming up this Saturday, January 18th, 19th. Uh, of course, <laughs> we have our CEO, Mr. Craig Dunkerley, the CEO of Digit Apparel, Claudia Harvey, who is one of the most dynamic speakers uh, I've, I've seen. Uh, of course, Jonathan Tilger, our mortgage broker, and a new addition from Mintworthy, Miss Vanessa Smith. She's uh, um, an NLP uh, practitioner and helps women understand the emotions around money and get around their, their emotional blockages. Uh, so that's going to be a great event. If no, you want to, so yeah, if you want to get a hold of us, you can either call, well, call, yeah, you can call the yeah, office, um, or you can email Kirk at k i r k at blackthorn group dot com, or simply go to financialsuccesssummit.com and register there. We hope to see you out on Saturday, Kirk. As always, it's a pleasure to sit across from you and throw insults back and forth. <laughs> I know we have too much fun. I love you, brother. I know. You have I love a fantastic you too. day. Yeah, you Thanks too. for joining us.